Kia ora whanau, sir. Thank you so much. First, I would love to really thank you for this invitation. Um, I have a lovely to be here. It's privileged to share some korero with you guys about this important topic about like haora and well-being. Because that's the meaning of the haora, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, starting introducing myself. So my name is Kodrian Ishai and I'm the founder of Voice of Aroha. But not just the founder, I also in professional work. I do work as a refugee background student advisor at Victoria University of Wellington. And also I am youth advocate and community connector with Changemaker Resettlement Forum, another nonprofit organization. Plus on that, I do a lot of other volunteer, like sit in the volunteer boards, like inspiring stories recently. And I do a lot of other community works within uh, refugee and migrant communities um, in Porerua and Wellington. Uh, Voice of Aroha is something is new to my heart when it come like uh, create this idea because it comes through a lot of uh, uh, challenge and opportunities I found in the same way. That's how the, the idea of Voice of Aroha have been established to tackle my challenges and also my colleagues who have been with me in the journey to put that kind of uh, program together and we talk about it. That's all about idea, how we can share our voice, how we will have also a voice on the table, how people could listen to our story because we knocked the door a lot of times. So that's how uh, it started from there and started from also other uh, colleagues when they faced different challenges in the community. Yeah, and if I go back to introduce myself about the background, so I came to New Zealand in 2018 as a reunification process to my family who were before me in 2014. And uh, that is also another refugee category, as family reunification category. So since my arrival in 2018, and I, by the way, I come from Iraq. Mm. And from Iraq also, I'm from Assyrian community. That's important for the audience. Assyrian community is also one of the ethnic minorities in Iraq. And they are indigenous people of Mesopotamia, which is mm. nowadays Iraq, Turkey, Syria, and Iran. All of that kind of part of it. And yeah, so so since the things happened in my country to different wives, that's how my first ancestor in New Zealand, you can say 1985, they arrived. Then, then there was other events on 90s, then in 2000 and 2014, that's how... Uh, wife by wife, my people been forced to move to come the support mainly in Australia, New Zealand, and US, and some uh, Scandinavian countries as well. But yeah, so my journey started in New Zealand since 2018, and from 2018, I was um, kind of you can say lucky. I come with the language of English, 
So I started directly by being a teacher aid with a Maori student first mm. work as a 10 hours. I still remember. Then from that, they found out, oh, I'm also a refugee background and I speak other four languages. They said, why not you take more hours to work with the Syrian kids in Purua College? So from there, I start progressing from um, work of working with one college, becoming two college in my area because I live in Purua. And from there, I start growing to do also in the same time doing volunteer work with a nonprofit organizations in the region there in, in Pururua and some in Wellington. And slowly until I started with a, a meaningful job when, uh, when Rochelle, she was one of the CEO of that organization. And that was where changed my directions to be start feeling my value about what I bring with myself. And that was first position I get as a manager position with that organization. And since then, it started like I uh, become going meeting communities, meeting other organizations, they call us more networking and start sharing the stories of challenge, of success, all of the things we bring with us. And yeah, and then that has led to where I am today. Now I'm a busy person of doing two official jobs. <laughs> lots of hats. You've got lots of hats, Kadrin. Yeah. So, so across all those kind of hats that you've seen in the communities, like what sort of well-being challenges have you seen in your career? About you know the communities that you're working with, about you personally, what kind of challenges have you seen? There's a good question because there's too many challenges here. The first challenge isn't within us as employee or to work in the sector. Mm-hmm. The second within the communities itself that we are working with. So. Because of the communities of refugees or migrants that we work with, they are already vulnerable communities who there's a lot of needs to be take care of that. So that's need intensive support. It's just not like uh, for us, not the job of nine to five. It's after that. It's a relationship building. It's a continuity, following up. So it's, that's all more challenging because this community, they really need that help. They need to settle in New Zealand and the new way of life and to make sure that they are doing well. So that the challenge starts from the community first. And the second for me personally, let's say in my experience when I work in the sector, that's another chapter because I have a living experience over in this community. I know how it's feel, I know how it will work, I know what's kind of more practical solution will be suitable for this community. And the second thing's about me adapting both working system on New Zealand to meet the nine to five things and then plus the extra things that expectation come from the community as well while I work in this organization because let's say now I work with this organization who we care about the resettlement right community also think that I am expert in immigration policies because we do the providing of settlement and we take care they think like every application or when it's come it's look like we are the one so this is kind of expectation is too much when it comes from community. So I think, yeah, we have a lot of challenge of um, how to manage expectation. And the plus the challenge if um, within the sector about, personally, I found a challenge first year until to get a meaningful job. It was a challenge about how someone could recognize my value or recognize mm. what I bring. That was the biggest barrier for me as mm. a recognizing my skills, what I'm bringing with me from the home country, because I am, I graduated from politics and international relations from Iraq, which is that university also was one of the like American university in my country. So my certificate was recognized in New Zealand by qualification authority here. 
So I was ready, like from language, from qualification, and even experience of working in a nonprofit sector because I'm founder of another group in Iraq uh, to look after displaced people after ISIS in 2014. So all of this work was a very big challenge for me to put someone, hey, I really just give me that opportunity and chance. So this was my biggest challenge and it affected my well-being at that time because I was in a, there was a time, I was working, like I said, in a, in a teacher aid positions, but the financial side was not enough to support my family and myself. Then there was a decision either I needed to move like something else. It was a plumbing position or I should move to the things that I'm passionate about, which is current sector that I'm working about. So that's why I was lucky on that uh, position when I get it uh, with that nonprofit organization being a manager. So that's where a little bit of relief to that finally someone have opened the door. And since then, I'm, I'm continuing improving and telling the whole New Zealand where I am. You made a really <laughs> interesting comment around, you know, how people look to you uh, for the answers all the time with regards to, you know, refugees and immigrants. And mm. it's kind of like when you're the Maori in the room and so they expect you to do karakia or mm. can you sing a waiata or whatever it may be. And there's been a lot of conversation around that. Firstly, I just want to mihi to you and your whānau and the journey that you've undertaken to to be here in Aotearoa because uh, while we have had many challenges in our history and our whakapapa of Mm. Aotearoa, there's been many, um, many challenges for you and your whānau and your people within your community and from your country of Iraq. So just want to mihi to that. Um, I just... As I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, wow, what does this guy not do, right? He's <laughs> got what many do, hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you not do? So in all of that. Rest, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. all of that mahi, you know, which is mahi aroha, you know, it's, mm. it's mahi that's done from a place of your heart and of, and of love. What do you do for you? You know, what do you do for you? How do you look after you while mm. you're busy looking after so many it's easy because it doesn't probably doesn't even feel like mahi because you're so passionate about it and the, mm. and you're helping those that have had the similar experiences to yourself in terms of coming to Aotearoa. But what do you do for you, Kodrian, in <laughs> all of this? So much giving of yourself to others. It's, it's a good question with also need a lot of... Um, the answer could be, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> because that you... It mm. could be me or be my community, my family, and the yes. future generations. Yes. So the things I am in, it's the cause that we are fighting for the voice. I'm fighting for an experience because it happened before me. Mm. Like when my uncle and our cousins and brothers who give up on their dreams because of they, they all come with the qualifications. So I say no. So that's how I say my you. It is those people who were before me and it's me and it's also the come. That's why I'm passionate about this to make a difference that at least people need, deserve a chance to be improved. And I think the COVID have approved that, how much we were, people needed those kind of skills, which is even current now, right? Mm, we are looking for mm. qualification and the people who, who are ready. And, and there was a people there, but the doors were closed for them. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's the question. I don't know what, if you say, what are you doing for you? So this, what I'm doing, it's already like yeah, for me. From you. It is uh, 
I feel like uh, more rest when I'm doing this. I feel happy when I see a success story for a person or a community or, or anyone, you know, achieving something. That's where is my reward. <laughs> and it's a, it kind of makes me put it into the context, you know, like uh, those of many of us within Te Ao Māori, within this, you know, we understand the whakapapa of our tūpuna, so of our ancestors mm. and what they have given for us to be here today and then also the legacy that we're leaving for the generations to come. Mm. As I'm listening to you and, and just your comment and just your response just then, it's very similar. You're thinking about the people that have come before you and the people that are still to come, but also the displacement if I can call it that, and please correct me if, if that's mm. not the right kupu, but the displacement of coming from a country of where you've probably lived for thousands of thousands mm. of years to now coming to a new country, weaving your way into the community here within Aotearoa. How have you found in terms of, because this is about your haora and this is about mm. your well-being, how have you found Aotearoa as a place to welcome you or has it welcomed you? And then, you know, how does that, because that's mm. part of your well-being, right? Yeah. Is that kind of, because I'd love to think mm. that we've been incredibly warm and welcoming, but what's the reality? Is that the case? So I, w- I would start like about, you mentioned a good point about that. I come from a place which is maybe of many years mm. of, of memories and stuff. That's right. And in my case here, I come from um group that is indigenous to the mm. area which we have uh, six to seven thousand years of of our history of civilizations so that is something in our roots to improve um, whatever through the years of my generation who come been oppressed that's why we left the country because there was no option left so when i arrive here there's a new challenge it's how i could adapt to a new society and a new culture and learning, and plus how I also keep my culture, my the things that I bring with. Because we fought for that culture or the things who we are, me, in that region. So it's not easy to say to forget here. Mm, mm. So it, we bring that with, within us. And then in this society here as well, we find the challenge how to keep maintaining, for, for instance, the language. Yes. Because everything else... It will be now using English as a language in my work, in my daily life here. And then slowly the next generation is start losing my mother tongue language. So this is kind of a challenge for us. And also we start thinking, okay, how we could belong to this new country? You know, so belonging is a big question for us. Then the other people will question us, oh, you don't belong here. Mm. Then how 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 long enough you know I should improve myself that I belong here? This is the question that has been not identified, you know, because people question you belonging and what what do you mean about belonging? Is how many years? Is it until we citizenship and who decide that you belong or you don't belong? Because we are all moving around, right? But there's one thing. For us, because we come from that place, we know it was our land, we know it was our history, and we are still rooted there. And I know there's a new people who took my land there, or which is, the other things is surprising. The same people who've been also become a refugee in, the, in this country. So we both 
ethnic mm. groups we are meeting here in this country. Now in this country here, we are both fighting for the same cause of how we make a resettlement easier for both of us. And we forget our past of the problems of the ancestors have had before. So it's all of this challenge. Mm. And when I say challenge here, because I'm thinking about community, myself and the wider community. We do have in a community still the elder people who still resist on their views mm. about just having that this kind of community who hurt us in the past. No, we don't want to interrogate with them or talk with them. Still, this, this views exist. And I understand where they're coming from. I will not say like if they are right or wrong with all the modern things, but because of they faced too many challenges in the past. So they sacrificed for me and others to come to this country to have a future beautiful life, right? So that was the challenge here. How you deal with those, uh, your grandfathers and mothers who left, sacrificed, like you brought you to a new life, but there's mm. a still history there. Mm. You want to acknowledge that history and take it with you without harming uh, my ancestors as well. So that's one part. The second part, those people, when they immigrated or they come to the new country, they thought their children and kids and future generation will have a better and beautiful life. But the reality is not like that always. So in my case, when I come here, when I say, oh, it will be like a new start and everything will be great, it was not that easy. I have to fight for it. Simple example of my employment journey. So I have to do a lot of extra hours of walking, volunteering, and, and, and just talking, going to a lot of events, connection, meetings. So not everyone can do this. Because you have a family, someone they will sacrifice their dreams because they need to survive, which my uncle and others did that. They, they give up on their dreams, just they found the other jobs to keep them continuing their life. So here, when we say if we've been welcomed in, in Ottawa, yes, we've been welcomed to a new home, and at least we are here safe. There's a security here around, no bombing, no war, no all of that kind. So this, we understand that our generation will grow up here safely from a security side. But we still have a challenge about, will they grow up to be supported in terms of growth mm. in their personal life? Mm. That's something, no, is not, we are not sure about it which is for the reason it could be from the backgrounds what we are bringing. And because you cannot change my skin of color and the culture, you know, the health the generation will come with, will have similarity things, right? Even if they, they learn the new culture. But this is the challenge here. How much do my next generation are secure to find meaningful work, meaningful integration space in the new country? So it's difficult when you talk about your well-being because you it's difficult and challenging in terms of individualizing it because you're mm. thinking about yeah these people that you're wrapping around and and taking with you on that journey yeah that's right and that's how if you see when I'm talking I'm talking about my ancestor my community and mine mm, mm. that's how it's for us when you ask about what you do for myself then you will be surprised to say all the weekends is with the family Yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's what we've heard from just about everybody t today, you know, mm. has been all through these podcasts is essentially at the core of everything has been whānau. Is that mm. what you've heard too, Rochelle? I think, yeah, that you, <clears throat> you can't separate out who you are as a person from the people that you love. Mm. 
My my point was what I was going to say to you, Codrian, is uh, how do you relax? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, how do you relax? You know, how do you how do you find time in there <laughs> mm. to rejuvenate? He's really thinking about that response. Mm, I know. <laughs> you can see it. That's right. It's like, damn, I've got to find some way to explain I know, that I'm damn. relaxing. I should be relaxing. Because I can't say that I don't. <laughs> yeah. I think some friends told me you don't relax until you get to hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which it's happened twice. Like I got mm. really walk, 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 then ended wow. up to hospital, then... I was thinking I'm relaxing or still texting, <laughs> doing some stuff. Still working. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just uh, over here, I'll just quickly like just send a few texts, answer some emails. <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, what I found from this experience that a little bit get trouble into it ended up like two, three days in the hospital. Then I found that, oh, wait, there's something that's missing. It's me about mm-hmm. that. I care too much in community. And, and also we, the things I'm working around, there's a lot of, system change and system need long time until it gets something to change so then we find out oh what is the point how i can get myself you know into good health and well-being so i can serve others so i think slowly i'm now learning about how to take time for myself so what am i doing in my plan is uh, every kind of weekends to make it long weekends at least in once in a month Mm. so i'm taking like one day off on uh, Fridays so I can, or Mondays so I can have a long weekend if there's a no long weekends on that month. So that's what I'm doing sometimes. And in those weekends, I'm just, yeah, spending them really going away for some beautiful places in Otterwa or just spending it with time. And that's where it's bringing me fresh. But mm. the problem with me when I go any beautiful place, it's giving me a new idea to do something. <laughs> <laughs> something else for the community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I was uh, in trip to Tapu and Rotorua. It's this beautiful view. And it's, oh, what about if we make a bus trip to there? <laughs> <laughs> we could bring a whole lot of people here as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. find that that really helps Kodrian being away? Mm you know, away from the kind of day-to-day sense of sitting here in your community and all the requirements that that means, if you're sort of locally available, that it helps to just completely remove yourself from there, go somewhere else, you know, shift your kind of mindset because you're in a new place. It it helped for a short time. Mm. So it helped me to relax it. But at the end of the day, when I come back, there's heaps of emails and stuff. Yeah, in it's my, more work. Yeah, more work <laughs> to do. Yes. That's how I think the thing is need to organizations things. Because like you said at the beginning, if they see this is a person of refugee background, everything is him, right? While the other team member need to like learn how we could support when he's not available this person, how we react on this kind of situations. That's a little bit missing in some institutions. Some institutions, they are doing a good job. Some others, I think, need a little bit more to fill when you have especially like one person or two from equity groups, how you support them when they are not there. Yeah. Because there is a, like, a lot of organizations talk about equity and stuff. When they bring the person to, then they leave them without resource mm-hmm. or without the right support there. Because at the end of the day, we should not forget they also have a person, they have a life, and they have everything else. And I think, yeah, when I'm going away, I'm not sure. It is not helping 100%, but it's helping me to, like, refresh my week, refresh my uh, start. But, of course, there's a heaps of walks when I'm coming back. There's a lot of walks mm. after that. I think 
uh, what's a real gem in that corridor that you just said was that that you acknowledge that it doesn't necessarily help you. It it mm. refreshes you, but you're not quite sure if it helps. That's half of the challenge that you have is actually acknowledging that what does or mm. isn't working because it, it does work, but it's more just kind of like a little pause. It's a stopgap, right? Yeah, it's a stopgap. Yeah. Mm. So it temporarily sort of fills you back up, but not sort of long-term. It's not re- really giving you that rebuild of energy that you need. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, like the school system to teach you. They do have a break every two months or something. Mm. I think that is break just to relieve the teacher a bit and then come back. Yeah, it's, it's like just... that when it's happening in my workspace, taking that long weekend, three, four days away. Mm. is not help, but it's just bringing back a little bit of energy. It's like recharging. Mm. I, I bet you you're great, though, at telling others to have <laughs> a break. I bet you you're really good at saying... Yeah. Just have a rest. You, you just need a bit of a break. I bet yeah. you you're great at telling others, but probably not that great at telling yourself. <laughs> That's right. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're looking, you're almost blushing now. <laughs> God, you're like, damn, that's true. <laughs> hey, look, I yeah. just, just want to thank you for your corridor today. I think it's, it's been uh, incredibly refreshing to hear another perspective. Um, Especially somebody who has been through an immigration journey, you know, and navigated their way to come here. I'm glad that we've made you feel welcome. I'm glad that your family feels safe. That actually gets me very choked up when you said when you said that. I was like, oh. So from one indigenous sister to an indigenous brother, to be displaced from your Fenua to from your Tūranga Waiwai. I couldn't begin to understand, you know. Well, actually, I could. Fe- I can feel what that must feel like for you. So, again, just to acknowledge your people, your land, your whenua, your Tūranga Waiwai. And, um, but I am super happy that you feel safe and that you've been welcomed into this country. And, uh, and may your future generations of not just your people, but also of, of the many immigrants that have come to this mm to this motu, to this country, Aotearoa, um, may it reap amazing rewards for you and your whanau and, um, and thank you for the respect that you pay to, to our people and the Indigenous people of, of Aotearoa. So, so thank you, Kodrian, for all that you do for, for many, many. So, yeah, Rochelle, is there anything you wanted to say? Many, many hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, you know, picking up on your point, Codrine, saying, you know, you you keep going until you end up in hospital and then mm. you realise, oh, maybe I pushed it a little bit too far. And I think the lessons um, and the reality is that we're all trying to learn this in the community sector is how to not quite go so close to the edge before we pull back and take action. And, and uh, I mean, you said that that happened to you twice. <laughs> so, uh, you know, third time lucky, right? So you've, you've learned now, okay, <clears throat> not to repeat that, you know, to be more aware. And we've talked quite a lot on the podcast about that kind of quiet space where you sort of check in with yourself, like how am I feeling, you know, uh, as opposed to there's a, there's a lot of kind of um, working over and above physically and mentally and energy-wise in the community sector often past where actually our bodies are saying, giving warning signs saying, stop. 
stop. You must rest. You must mm. relax. Mm. And um, and and it's been a lesson for us all. And we've all had, you know, you've had a hospital. I've had, you know, adrenal fatigue. Like we've all had these things where suddenly it, we weren't listening closely enough to what our bodies were saying, and so the bodies took over and and said very loudly and clear mm. clearly too much. You, you know, you have to stop, and therefore, when you physically stop, then uh, you can't do anything until you've kind of recovered. So, I think, thank you for sharing that, because I think it's really important that we we're all trying to learn how how to help a lot, how to deliver a lot across the community, but without kind of running ourselves into the ground, right? Mm. Yeah. Listening to you talk about hospital, I was just like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, so. Please, uh, I acknowledge mm. you for speaking to your vulnerability, for speaking your truth. There's some for or here or some learnings we can take away, and that is, is that you know at some point we we do need to listen. We want you to be here till you're ninety or mm. eighty and live a long life. And I don't think that going to hospital has been the, the greatest <laughs> thing. But in saying Very that, good. acknowledging that, and knowing where your point is. Yeah, so listen yeah. to your ancestors is what I'm saying to you. <laughs> <laughs> From Auntie Tuihana. <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah, thank you. We, we have a few more minutes? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. yeah. I, I really appreciate this opportunity, you know, and thank you so much for welcoming here to this beautiful choreo. And, and the reasons when I'm sharing about the challenge from my perspective mm. is maybe one of many of refugee and migrant community. The reason if you can see maybe the listeners saying, oh, it's too much work. You can just take away and oh, sometimes don't work for some communities. Mm. Okay, So sometimes that's the thing. So when the people like for me doing two, three jobs, there's a reason behind that. Mm. There's a reason also behind supporting family. It's not easy to take the decision to move on and stuff because, like I said in the beginning, too many challenges to get a good job. Then if you want to move away, there's another journey to take another job. It's not that easy. I can resign to today and get something else more relaxed and stuff like that. But what it's also showing that we are also hardworking people. We would love to contribute to the country, to the place that welcomed us. So what we are doing here, there's a lot of things that you, you know we, we bring to this country. We want to improve, mm, but when yes. sometimes getting improved, we are taking advantage of our well-being and that, which that's where we're missing how to take care of ourselves. And I think in my case, being too hospital, but they'd give me a lesson that uh, then I visit uh, a Mariah and one of my also worky related things. It was just good to look at the space, how do the how you've been welcoming the Mariah and then how you hold all the meetings in that space. And then was one of the, it was Christchurch recently in June. Then after the meeting, we just had a, like a break time. I just write write down, you know, can what they call it in English. You sleep there. Oh, moinga and the faranui. Yeah. yeah, I just. Like put myself down. Yes. Marae is mm. the yeah. English. Yeah. yeah. So I write down on the Marae. It was just beautiful to look. Oh, look at this all, you know, thinking about the history of the place. It gave me a space like energy. Oh, wow. Look at here. Why the offices also don't be like so, such a space? Mm. To give you that time of welcome and the family is not mm. rush. Hey, you can have a rest. You can and you come back to the meeting again. Hmm. So that's idea. Then I slowly we come to one of my work at the university. We created a little bit like a home space. And also in a way style, we work there as well to, um, 
sometimes my my mind get close i just go sit and then watching the beautiful window and relax there it's all come from that experience when i visited so that helped to create your well-being within your work day as well mm-hmm. so it's well-being is not just you take one day off mm-hmm. yes it's just take every day and even the work how you will need to stop mm-hmm. to reply emails and get one hour lunch or one hour something that's a lot of time this helped me so i do a lot of work but sometimes when it's my lunch time you'll find me in oriental bay sitting there <laughs> <laughs> nice it's just uh, it connect me to the nature and the wave and stuff that that's helped me to pass the other hours of the day mm. i know i have a schedule busy day but that hour helped me and that's how i do care and yeah and then there's sometimes like i said the other plan when i take some rests and now i'm planning to do a little bit like like some longer um at longer holidays nice and this is because after have more like uh, in terms of the war we have built kind of a support community who are doing the great mahi so you can just pass things to them and you don't need to worry always and i have learned that recently like because of the oh if i don't reply to this email to this person community what will happen to them they need urgent but now we have find a way that how we empower them community as well to look nice. after us we look after them because all the work we do in a community organization is to make the well-being great right then we also now the part how to make community look after you so I, a lot of conversation with community members when they call me at 11 in the night it's just do you know how much you know in a nice way mm. educating them like how much they need to look after me and when which time to call me and stuff and it's working so far it's yeah, been nice. working well so they call me at yeah. nine o'clock tomorrow morning <laughs> i'm sleeping yeah do you know a lot yeah. of this case or i just when i visit them in the home and say oh now this is the time or this space or this timing but the, the, that's also uh when you're leaders in your community or when you're considered mm. leaders in your community because i know this through through you know our leaders within our community that the expectation on them and then often than not we're not looking after them mm-hmm Yeah. So then suddenly they become mawiwi, you know, they become ill or sick. It's it's only then that the realization of oh shucks, we haven't actually been looking after them. They've been out looking after us, talking on behalf of our talking on behalf of the people or everywhere. But where's our where's our love back to them, you know, to yeah. take care of them so that you make a really good point there. And I, just one other point. I I grew up in Melbourne, so I grew up in um a city where incredibly culturally diverse and you know there's been immigration so the Italians and the Greeks uh the Vietnamese and there's been waves of of uh, immigration and what always uh shocked me was how many times I would get into and I'm not stereotyping this was just mm-hmm. my personal experience how many times you'd get into a cab in Melbourne a taxi it normally was somebody who wasn't Australian and would then tell you they were a doctor an engineer a professor and they were simply being a taxi driver to try because I'd have to go back and study again to try and create a better life for their families and that their work ethic was just through the roof very very hard working um the whole family with a common purpose of bettering and of belonging you yeah. know so so yeah it was yeah. it's 
It's yes. interesting when I listen to your story, I'm thinking now how many engineers and doctors and professors and architects and so forth and so on have been part of the, mm. the immigration that have come here, but they're not doing those roles here. They've had to almost re-educate themselves or find other ways mm. to create income for their families. Yeah. yeah. And at, for the same experience, it exists here in Aotearoa. Mm. We do have. And that's also, you see, so there's a heaps of things. People, there's a challenge. There's a, someone who's have a privilege, look for growth or look for a spare time, while someone who have a journey who look for opportunity and look for, instead of that spare time, also how to improve. Because a lot of time, the opportunity be good given, then it's that opportunity is under risk. Oh, mm. how much they are good in it. How much oh, I need to continue to improve to say, oh, wait, now refugee migrants, now they can do something. Because that's the thing. Okay, so there's a opportunity. We get that opportunity. The other person is working on the growth and etc. And then that opportunity, and do we improve it and be sustainable? Then that's other stage is come to look after the other things like uh, how I can now manage my spare time, how I can manage this. So it's it take time, mm. but it's not impossible because of the other fact in Aotearoa, it's a welcoming society. So we, because we have experience of all my cousins around the world, we do share in between us how the other countries are welcoming and challenges, all of that kind of stuff. In New Zealand, what we found is beautiful thing. It's that's how we are happy here. It's very, very away in terms of scary or for war, of too much like political things, which is it's something for us. Say New Zealand is far from the world, because that's a little bit for us as a communities. We think, oh, they may not involve in any big wars happening around us, like the place where I come from in the Middle East. So this something give us a security in our mind. It's because it's number one for us. Everything else we say, if we lost it, we can gain it again. We can build it again. If we lost the home, we can rebuild the home here again. And all of that follow. Just I want to mention something that um, uh, I just want to thank you too much that from you and you people have all of you guys have opened the doors for us to have another chance of life and continue. And this itself, it means a lot. And within that fire house that you give us a space, we also have a duties to contribute and be part of this home. And together we will look after this home because we all together have a different experience, how you maintain it or keep this home and how this home have been built actually. Maybe we're not part of it, but because now we are part of it, we've been welcome to come, we also want to fit that as a part of the same member of the Fano. No least, no more. It's just because we all live in that home, and in that home is now belong to all of us, and that's how we also look into much more learning. How my culture, with your culture, the other culture, we can find the common grants to build this home for all of us and for the future generations. Because I think that was the move when we think our ancestors, when they moved to somewhere, you need the safety and learn also from other people and live together. So, thank you. And on that, tūturu whakamawa kia tēnā, tēnā. Haumie, huie, taikie. You've been listening to a Tato Tato podcast with Tuihana and Rochelle. Proudly brought to you by Huie Community Aotearoa, Volunteering New Zealand, Centre for Social Impact and Wu Wellbeing. Tēnā koutou, tēnā rā tātou katoa.